folks, welcome in to Pickaxe and Roll, brought to you by your friends who has sports. I am your host, Ryan Blackburn, at NBA Blackburn on Twitter, part of the Mile High Sports Podcast Network. And we got a very special guest on the intro of this podcast. Who is that, Swipe Up? <laughs> That's Big Boy. Andre's in the house. This is Big Boy. And then Riley's downstairs. And then Chadwick the dog is somewhere rolling around. Just roaming around. Swipe has got some responsibilities. He just came off of a Locked On Nuggets episode and had to do all the post-production. That's the actually the uh, the aspect of podcasting that people don't understand is how much like production pre and post actually goes into this stuff. And it takes a long-ass time. It really does. Uh, but I am excited to get into it. Also, uh, sort of seeing like there's a lot of people uh, – are, are people getting mad at me on Twitter? What's going on? What Everybody tell me, like, what did I do to get people They're so saying, I told people, I'll own up to it. I have been on the Mile High Sports Chat in all caps. Uh, I oh, said, okay. if you want to be yelled at in all caps, then follow Ryan Blackburn on Twitter. And then people started to break down what's happening uh, with your interactions on Twitter when you say things and you are getting very emotional on the timeline. We'll all call you about it after the game, yeah. and then I'll calm you down. You know, yeah. Nuggets aren't winning a championship anymore, you know, all that other stuff, and then I'll call him and be the voice of reason. I never – see, it's funny. I never say that they're not winning a championship. I just say it's going to be so much more difficult to do so. And, like – You should hear what Ryan says to me privately, y'all. <laughs> oh, that's – okay. That's, that is that is horrible. You are you are now, like, you're, you're op number one on this own podcast. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, we're, we're doing weekends here. Everybody, happy to have you all in. All the real ones in on the chat. Thank you so much for hanging out and being flexible with us. Sorry for the delay. Uh, we're going to talk about last night's game. We're going to talk about Michael Porter Jr. being dominant. He was great. He was awesome. Nikola Jokic kind of just doing same old, same old things. He actually missed five shots today. It was crazy. Or last night. Crazy. Uh, we're going to talk about Colin Gillespie as well. That dude is uh, interesting. A, a little bit of an enigma. Maybe it's, it's just a hot shooting performance. Who knows? And then uh, we'll, we'll talk about the upcoming schedule, including the Golden State Warriors game. Uh, but happy to have everybody in here. If you haven't seen these shirts yet, I do want to. Oh, I actually don't have that in this. Um, like, yeah, if you, if you haven't seen the the Joker shirts, make sure to get them linked down in the description. They are super good. I don't have the overlay on weekends with Swipe Us, sorry. But I do have one thing that I want to drop, uh, especially at the top here. I got this little overlay in the middle. It's going to be, it's unfortunately placed like right in the middle of the screen. Uh, we are going to be doing a watch party. We're going to do a watch party at a very, very interesting bar uh, called The 38. Uh, I don't know if you've ever been to The 38 before, or number 38, Swipa, but that place is sick. It is huge. It's a wide-ranging landscape for, it's just like a nice little hangout spot for a whole bunch of people in town. And we're going to do a watch party. And <laughs> Cam is now hiding behind the overlay. Um, he's now the Buffalo and <laughs> we're going to do a live show after this, by the way. And I think swipe, uh, you might, you might be involved, right? Are, are you going to be involved in that? Uh, am I invited? Yeah. Uh, yeah, let's do it. Uh, <laughs> this is a, this is, uh, this is at the game. This is the, the second. Yeah. Let's talk about that offline. Yeah, no, we, we'll definitely we'll we'll talk about it. I know, uh, I know it's going to be fun. I know it's going to be good, and I'm I'm looking forward to this. This is going to be a lot of fun. It's it's something that we've never done before. But after the Nuggets Lakers game, I know I'm going to be on stage there. It's going to be going to be sick. So make sure to go check out the number thirty eight downtown. It's got a big old screen. It's going to be a lot of fun to hang. If you ever see it, I'll no put it back up. Put it back up. If you ever see an album cover like this, it's how you know it's about to be fire. It's like a face yeah. off. Oh, yeah. that's a, I, I saw this, and I was like, you know what? This is sick. This is sick. I have to put this up on the screen. This is actually on number 38's website. So if you want to go look up their, their future events, folks, then then just go do that. It should be a lot of fun. Um, okay, now I will take it off the screen. Folks, Denver won last night 
against the Portland Trailblazers on the second night of a back-to-back, 127 to 112. Jamal Murray did not play in the game last night. And I think a lot of folks, or when I, I said this specifically, wondering, okay, how does Denver respond to that? What do they do? Because there have been a couple times, especially lately, where when Jamal has sat, the offense has kind of looked pretty crappy. Now, they did play the Portland Trailblazers, and Portland didn't exactly uh, put up a bunch of resistance there. But Denver still got great production, and they got a great step-up performance from Michael Porter Jr. Swipe, but what did you like most about his performance last night? Yeah, you know, I talked about this a little bit uh, last night and today. I think that... uh... Not as sharply as I'm about to say this. I think that Michael Porter Jr. could be a legitimate number two option for a playoff team, wouldn't say championship team, if he was given the responsibility. And I don't think that the the Denver Nuggets, out of necessity, because you can't, you can't, you can't do all things. You can't make all talent work. The third person always gets a short end of the stick. I've always said that I think Aaron Gordon's great. He might be the third most important, but he's not the third best player on the team. Like Mm. Porter, by and large, is the third best player. Uh, there's reasons why. Like, I think for Porter, if Porter was in another situation, think about it. If he was Keegan Murray, even right now, with the Sacramento Kings, his career would look different. You know, yeah. I, and like, if he was the third, second option for some of these developing teams, I think that he could have just been a different player. But I think when you're born into a system that they were already uh, in a fortunate situation that because of his injury, he had to kind of back into the league opposite to what he would have been. If he was fully healthy, he's a top five, top three pick. And then Porter's like from the go expecting Jalen Green kind of involvement. Like this is, you know, my team, give me the ball, let me figure it out and we go. Porter right. was on the other end of the spectrum where it was like, it's Jokic and Murray's team. You're getting healthier, but you need to learn how to play winning basketball. Remember, you know, people are like, we're going to talk about Jalen Pickett here in a little bit. And people are like, oh, man, why is, you know, Colin playing over Jalen? I'm like, bruh, my head Porter was playing behind Will Barton and Torrey Craig. Yeah. Like, <laughs> P.J. Dozier. And this, this was like year yeah. two bubble. Like, he was playing behind all – Paul Millsap was getting minutes over him. Like, this wasn't like Porter, who was very good at that time. Malone didn't trust him and didn't think at defense when he can execute. Maybe he couldn't. But some of this is the Nuggets had the luxury of telling, like, one of the most talented scorers in the league, hey, as great as you are, we're not going to give you any runway if you make mistakes. And I think people need to understand this. You know, Porter has an issue, like, as every human being does. And I think some of his personality traits, how he would develop, people have their own quirks about their personality. The same as me. I have my own quirks. But I think some of this is Porter is a six foot in super athlete that was the number one player coming out of high school and projected number one overall pick. And he allowed an organization and coach and culture to tell him and, and train him to be a tertiary option and not get real playing time early. And even now he's allowing for the Nuggets to say, we need to close with Bruce. We need to close with Peyton or we need to close with Christian because they're just better defenders. Or consistently. That doesn't happen in the league, by the way. Just to be clear, Jonathan Kaminga is playing with Steph Curry, Draymond, and Clay and went to Shams and said, I'm not doing this no more. Year two, Kaminga. Yeah. Year three, Kaminga. Yeah. You know, you know what Porter was doing year four? He was still going through that. Like, that's what I'm trying to think. People like people just don't under, give him enough credit, I think, for Porter is able to give you 34 and 12. And last night, Ryan, 5 of 10 from 3, 8 of 11 from 2, 12 rebounds, multiple defensive opportunities. Ryan, I talked about this. When he got that rebound in transition and did that spin, you know, at, at almost at half court, he is so smart now that he knew that his gravity was going to be enough to take Peyton Watson's man away from his man. So literally, like, he cut through the lane, Peyton Watson's man, went with him, and then they were able to find a wide open for three. And Porter now is able to, like, understand the game at deeper levels. And I just think he just doesn't get enough credit for all of what he does. It's hard to parse credit on a team like Denver where Jokic does as much as he does, where everybody talks about him like he's God. And if if that is like it's something that people are going to have to parse and deal with, like 
there's only a certain amount of credit that can go out to each of these individual players. And so when people see what Jamal does in the playoffs and, and how he steps up his game, he's naturally going to take the second most amount of credit. And then Aaron Gordon was the guy who was a borderline all-star last year, uh, especially like in the absence of Murray and Porter kind of being at their very best early on in the season. And so he got some credit and then KCP gets credit. And like people talk about him being first team and, it's very interesting to see like Denver's got probably the best starting five in the league. Like they probably do. And all five of those guys play such pivotal roles in that, that you sometimes forget. You sometimes don't realize that they could play bigger roles for, for different teams. Uh, I think that if Jamal was in a situation where he would just had a normal rim running big consistently, then he'd probably have like 25 and seven averages. He would look a lot closer to somebody like Donovan Mitchell or Devin Booker from a numbers perspective or De'Aaron Fox or who, whoever. Um, I, I think Michael Porter, it's very similar too. Like we've talked about this with KCP and Aaron Gordon kind of playing smaller roles and role player roles for, for what they do. But we saw this and I think somebody actually had this comment. Um, gosh, where was this? It was, it was a good... A good comment. It was about the bubble. Um, yeah, here, here it is from Doctor uh, from DJR. MPJ was a legit scorer for Denver in 2021 after Jamal was injured. He was averaging like 23, 24 points per game on, for Denver. On 50, 50, 80 splits. It was sick, and and like he can get back to that, and it's it's that level of talent and that level of confidence but and athleticism and I think role. Championship team part is, is what I noted. I think for it's it's really difficult, Ryan, to be a number one championship level, a number two championship level player if you're not an on-ball creator. Oh like, yeah, that's so significant to be able to get in and out of tight spaces in the playoffs. So I think that's why he's a struggle some. Well, and because we actually did see it the the rest of that year as well, especially against the Phoenix Suns. But even Portland in that series where he had some good games. Don't get me wrong, but there were also games where he took like three shots because uh, Norman Powell was doing a great job of getting into his airspace. And, and he's learned how to deal with that. He's learned how to navigate that, but there are certain things that he is able to sort of expand his game when Denver needs it. And I think a lot of it is up here in, in the mental where you have to kind of take off the filter. If you're him of, I can only take great shots. I can only take good shots where sometimes you just got to take the shots that are available to you because that's what superstars and stars do. Is so. there a bad shot for Porter at this point, though? Do you think for the Nuggets? Not, I mean, yeah, <laughs> there's an out of there's an out of process shot. Yeah, but I'm saying I don't know if there I don't know if there's a bad shot for Porter because he knows now like this is out of the process of the offense as opposed to could even his pull up threes, his contested three pointers, that mid range he hit over two people yesterday, like. Well, that one, that one, like, that's the one that I'm like, okay, you know what? He can, he can take all of these shots. All of these shots are clearly in his bag where he has an escape dribble, shooting over two guys, contorting his body, turning around and hitting it. Nothing but the bottom of the net. Like he has the talent to be able to do that. But I do think that, like you said, in a, within the championship context, a lot of that has been filtered out of his game so much where he is, he's got great shot selection for the most part. And people don't give him that credit for like people talk about him as a gunner. People talk about him as somebody who is selfish or things like that. He's not those things. And I, I don't think anybody that watches the Nuggets closely really thinks that either. Uh, but so much of like how you grow up within the league and, and how, what your role is asked to be, I think that's really colored what his overall shot selection and his process has been. If he was in a different situation, I do think, like you said, he would be I, I think right now he would be a 24.7 rebound, four assist kind of guy who has really great shot select or really great shot efficiency despite the tough shots that he takes. Uh, and that's good enough. It's, it's like it's very close to what Jason Tatum does, in my opinion, where like that's that's about kind of where those guys would be. Now, can Mike, can his body handle that? Can he, can he handle that? added physical toll i don't know and so maybe that's one of the reasons why his role is so slowed down i think a sign though of porter's health is always his rebound so if he's rebounding at a high level he's healthy because that yeah. means he's getting contested rebounds like michael's i think what i love about michael and that michael maybe has always been but he's definitely grown into he's not soft 
Like, he's not a passive player. He's aggressive, especially as a, de a defensive player at this point. And he will attack you at the rim. Like, if he feels like he can block your shot or he needs to contest, he'll attack. He always attacks the point of contact. And I love that about Porter. And this is what I think about college lefty will get to in a minute and my Reggie Jackson fear. Like, people, you know, I, I keep bringing this up about the Nuggets getting another backup point guard, and I always lean into the defensive thing. And I get Reggie Jackson is, like, a good shot maker, ball handler. But I think the thing that the Nuggets, what they excel at, Ryan, their physicality, they don't have a non-physical player in their top eight rotation, except for Reggie Jackson. Mm. Reggie's the only player. Last year, they had zero, because Bruce was extremely physical. He's a dog. Jeff Green yeah. is physical. Payne Watson is a physical player. Christian Brown, physical. Yeah. Michael, AG, KCP, Jamal, Jokic, all of them. They will get grimy with you. And they'll, matter of fact, and they won't even uh, initiate the contact. But Reggie's the only player in the rotation that's a little bit of a mark just because he just doesn't, he doesn't have the same kind of tenacity as those other players. Yeah. We'll 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 get into that in just a bit. Uh, I want to spend a couple minutes on Jokic before we get to a break here, though. Who? Uh, yeah, uh, that that big old uh, triple double man. Um, twenty nine points, fifteen rebounds, fourteen assists. It was very easy, and it just looked like, like he's he's just an entirely con he's, he's controlling the game entirely out there. And it's very very clear that even against even without Jamal. You just adapt, and and he's in a situation where all he has to do is just make the pieces around him work. And Colin Gillespie did a good job yesterday. Uh, Michael Porter obviously did a great job yesterday. Aaron Gordon had seven assists, and then the way that they play together, and you have to you know, understand how they sort of navigate things together. It all boils down to Jokic being at the center of it. He just controls every single thing that Denver does, and I, I'm not breaking any news here, but it's just really fun to watch him be like at this level consistently because these last two games have been awesome. He's played 15 games without Jamal Murray this year, and he's averaging 27, 12.3, and 10.3 assists in those games. And he also, I don't have the exact averages, but he's shooting, it looks like, well over 50-plus percent. He's got like 55 um, so far this season. So... Yeah, I think, like, Jokic, is, his playmaking definitely goes up because he has to score more. Now, Jokic is shooting 53% from the field, but he's shooting 23% from three. Um, but this is a lot of this was earlier in the season when he just wasn't shooting well from three. And he's yeah. shooting 78% from the line on 6.3 attempts a game. Um, he's been really freaking good. Like, his numbers have been even better without him. I think some of this is, like, Joker, the only thing that I don't understand about him sometimes is he loses his mental – like he sometimes wanes at his free throws. Like remember game yeah. four when they could have swept the Timberwolves. He missed the – like just missed a free throw. And then that's why the game went into overtime. And it's just like, you know, he was four or five yesterday. The only, Jokic is all touch and all focus, except when he gets to the free throw line sometimes. And it's just like – you just feel like, and again, he goes on these runs where he's shooting 91% from the line or he didn't miss. What did he make? Didn't he make like, like he made 42 like, or, He made like 30 in a row at one point. Like that's like the, during this season, like he was at 30 in a row. So it's wild to see, like you, you are right that he kind of oscillates between levels of focus on different things. And, and it's very rare for him to be entirely dialed into Every single thing. And this is like right. when he's playing as well as he is in all aspects right now, this is the area where he kind of has struggled. So he went, yeah, Jokic had that little, uh, that little run there. And it was around the time that he went 18 of 18 from the line. And Steve Kerr went to the press conference to say that we can't have this in our league nonsense. Um, By the way, playing them tomorrow. Right. Which is a great conversation. Yeah, Joker went crazy, man. Like, he had five games straight where he did not miss a free throw. So, or actually seven. Seven games, technically, that he didn't miss a free throw. So, some of this is, man, I just wish he would, like, I just want to see a perfect run from him. I, this year in the playoff, if you could just shoot 90% from the free throw line, dude, and shoot another 45% from three, another, you know, 55% from the field, I mean, we're going to – I don't know. I just, I just, you know, oh, is it's, that it's all? in his bag. It's in his bag. That's the thing. It's all in his bag. Like it's all yeah. there. Like 
you know, so anyway, I just think it's going to be fun. I think in the finals, he shot like 87% from the line or 84. So yeah. obviously like, you know, it didn't matter, but yeah, Joker is just a different dude, man. He missed three shots from the uh, two yesterday and missed two from three. And it's just like the way he operates. And, and even when they double teamed him yesterday to lobby ad to Aaron Gordon, they late double teamed him and he swung the ball around to Christian Brown. Yeah, he's just in a deep defensively. His pick and roll defense was excellent through the first three quarters. Then he got like came back in the game in the fourth. He's like, All right, like, yeah, you let your man go by you, foul Anthony Simons or whatever. But he was locking up for a lot of the game, man. He was, yeah, just, just great. Dude. He, he's been great. And then I, I firmly like, I'm not worried about him. I, I know that he didn't get a full break after the all star break, but like, because he obviously went to Indianapolis, but. I am not worried about him in the slightest. I think he's going to be just fine and just looking forward to seeing where he continues to go. And and because Denver is now in a situation where they can go catch a one seed, like he's going to put that on his back a little bit. I, I firmly believe that. I'm on, I, I'm very excited to see what that looks like. Um, but, hey, are, you got any final thoughts? Yeah, man. I think, like, I know we're not talking Jokic MVP stuff, but I, I think for me, like, I think Jokic's season just – so it's dismissed. People are like, he shouldn't be in the MVP conversation. Or the other end is like, yeah, Jokic is the leading candidate, but is there another story? I'm just like, man, I just think like we're kind of in, it's in the Braun Jordan area where it's like, you're just not like back to back games, Ryan. He's shot now. Uh, what is that? So he's 22 of 27 from yeah. the field in the last two games. Like, you know, like he's has uh how many assists did he have last game? Um fifteen? He had fifteen and he had fourteen. Fourteen twenty nine assists. Yeah. You know, like and then on top of that, uh thirty-four rebounds and fifty points in a two game span. You know, and it's it's just I think sometimes it's like you just get used to a player being this good. Like he's twenty nine. You know, it's like he's still young and he's doing this at this level. And I just think sometimes people are just really uh they just really like dismiss it because it's just you're just so used to seeing it from him. There's just no one else. There's no one else like him. The list of players that have impacted all aspects of the game like he did and then like he continues to do, it's just so small in terms of the number of players that can really compare to that. Like LeBron is one, maybe MJ's another. He's not ob- obviously not like a big rebounder or anything. Um, Magic did it. Um, Larry did it a little bit, but not really. Like, actually, you know, Larry did. Um, beyond those guys, like, it's just, <laughs> you just, you, you run out of names to really say. So it's been a lot of fun, been a lot of, a lot of fun to watch him and just did understand. You, did, you, did you mention what, Magic Johnson? I, I, I said Magic. <laughs> I got, I know, I know, dude. I know a dude two years from now is going to be there. Uh, his name is uh, Victor Wimbenyama. I'm just telling everybody right now. He's going to be a top two player by the end of next year. Top ten, a top ten player in the NBA by the end of next year. Guaranteed. I'm not even kidding you. Uh, dude, that that line last night was disgusting. Right. Is, is, he, is, he, is he a top 15, 20 player right now already? Not right now. because Regular the, regular season. Because of the minutes, no. Well, um, I'm just saying, even in the minutes played, just, just take minutes played in it. Oh, 28 minutes no. a game. No, like I, I think I'd probably have him just outside the top twenty. Is he um, is he better than Bam right now? I'm not, and again, no disrespect to Bam. This is just all Wimby. Like Wimby is just like, I think he's better than Sabonis. Like, I think it's pretty clear he's better than Sabonis. Like he doesn't have the triple double numbers, but like, <laughs> good lord, that's <laughs> is he a first team All NBA defender already? Like I'm being honest with you, bro. Like, I, I, no, I, I understand, and I. You've got a point. You've got a point. Like, I think I'd rather have Wemby. I'd, I'd certainly rather have Wemby than Bam. Um, would I rather have Wemby for the playoffs this year? No, no, of course not. He doesn't know what he's doing yet. So then I, I think I'm probably – like, if you're talking regular season, the Wemby, if you're talking playoffs, then Bam. So, like, they are in the same tier, though. I think that's a that's a fair that's a fair comparison. I um, legit think he's going to be like – we're going to be having a conversation next year between Wemby and, like, I think probably Wimby at the end of next year. Wimby and uh, who's at the end of like the top 10? So like Tatum, maybe, Booker. or uh, Booker. Like, I think he's going to, I think he, yeah, I think Durant. he's going to be, 
no, no. I I don't think next year. Not next year, but Victor's crazy, bro. Like I just think people need to be ready. Like I, you know, do you you, you played uh, Star Wars, the Star Wars game, right? Yeah, yeah, played a couple of them. You know who he reminds me of, bro? He reminds me of Star Killer. Oh, oh. I think he's the dynasty killer, bro. I really do. I really think he's the dynasty killer. I think he. I think for all these young cores, OKC. I think for the Rockets. I think all these people. I think everything is cool. But as soon as he gets a legitimate team around him, I'm not even talking about like a great team. A legitimate team. I think it's cap. I think. It, I think it's over. I think he's that good. Denver's kind of lucky then that they are they're peaking at this time as opposed to when Wemby's era will be. Like there's there's something to that. Well, I think well, I think the difference with the Denver is like I think Jokic because of how he plays, like I think for the next six years he'll they'll, they'll be in the final win combo. And I think even when Wimby gets to his apex, like I'm talking young apex, not his like late twenties yeah. apex. True but, form, yeah, yeah. I just think he's just I think Wimby already, bro. I just and I'm not even trying to sound like I don't think you could even gas it. I just think like I love. I know this turned into a Wimby thing, but you know what I love? What I love. They asked Wimby about his stat line yesterday, and you could tell every time they lose, Wimby's not laughing. He's not joking. He doesn't go into the media and like big up like stats. He doesn't. He doesn't have like the uh, the superstar thing about him, where it's like everything's kind of like chilled and relaxed. He is pissed off. He doesn't like losing. It's on his face. He wears it on his body. He's not disrespectful to anybody about it. But he don't. He doesn't. He's not here for jokes. And stats, like yeah. he wants to win, and I'm like, dude, I like it. I like him, bro. I can't even. I, I'm. A, I like him. I want to keep liking him even when people start hating him. Three years from now, people are gonna hate him. Oh yeah, I mean, it, to me, like it, when you get to this young age, you're like, how how could anybody possibly hate this person? Or it, right. it, it's honestly, I, I think it's gonna come down to man. People that are Wemby truthers will be like, yeah, Jokic, who who the hell is that? They'll they'll try to dismiss every single player in his path and then like they might have a point by that time. So we're gonna find out. We're we're gonna find out. He's I mean, he's dope, man. Like I do think that the Trey Young, Victor Wembanyama duo, like I could see Trey Young being a really good steward for his development. What they're like, oh, what about Trey's defense? Oh, you mean with Jeremy Sohan and Wimby behind him? Oh, yeah. Good luck. Yeah, like I do. I do think that, like, that's actually a good thing for Trey because he would very quickly become the second best player on that team, and no. that's probably what Trey needs for his career. Ryan, listen, did you see Wimby? And I know this turned into a whole thing. Did yeah. you see Wimby's POA defense yesterday? Like, no, his uh, <laughs> no, his pick and roll defense. This I was dude, watching. Like, I was watching Denver. This dude in in an Anthony Davis pick and roll. This dude like literally like squatted down so low, and the amount of ground that he covered, picked off the pass and the pick and roll. I'm just like, dude, as soon as he figures out all these angles, you will not score. Yeah, like you're not scoring unless you're just <laughs> extremely skilled over the top, which is cool. There's a few players like that. But I'm like looking at him. I'm like, bro, he wants to get it. He wants to believe in it. And next year, when they get Alexander Saar or Williams out of Colorado, good luck. Yeah. This is like Giannis early on if Giannis had like ball skills, like serious ball skills. He could shoot. I could get yeah. to the line. Yeah. Like this is – people are going to – it is a scary thing to think about. There's there's no doubt about it. Um all right, hey, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll fold in the other two segments together and we will talk about the point guard dynamic, which I think is very interesting, especially seeing kind of how things go without Jamal. And then we'll talk about the rest of the week and tomorrow's game against the Golden State Warriors. But first, uh, this podcast, as you know, is brought to you by our friends at Superbook Sports, the most trusted name in sports gambling with a direct line to Las Vegas. You can use their promo code Mile High, actually our promo code, to score up to $250 with their first bet bonus. Win or lose, Superbook will match your first bet up to $250 with promo code MILEHIGH. Make sure to download that Superbook Sports app, enter the promo code, and you'll get $250 courtesy of Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER. We'll be right back on Weekends with Swipe Up.
Jackson and Roll, Ryan Blackburn here, joined by my guy Swiper on this weekend's with Swiper episode. Thank you so much, everybody, for hopping in. Uh, nice little tangent on the Wemby stuff. I, I I think that we should do that more, if I'm being honest. Like, this is why we got to do more shows together, just like over the course of the week, because then we could just have like an, an NBA show. That would be like, I, I would love to be able to do that. That would be a lot of fun. Um, yeah. Who's another team, another team that or another player that you're watching right now that you're like, OK, this is. This is super interesting right now, given what's going on with Denver. I think that people are. I think people are haters of Cade Cunningham. I don't know why either. I, I don't know why people don't like Cade. It doesn't make any sense to me. He's never done. He's never done anything wrong to deserve the level of uh, disrespect he gets. He's in a terrible situation with a terrible organization, with an organization that's clearly tanking, and they've done a poor job developing around him. But yet, he's still been a very productive player in year three. He's six foot eight. He does almost everything you ask of him to do. He's going to be a good defender one day. So for me, I love Paulo. People hate it. People hate it on Paulo. Oh, could that be? That be. People said Paulo wasn't like that. I love Adam Mades. That's my brother. He said he would, you know, Franz and Paulo. Do you see Paulo? <laughs> he's great. He he's literally a baby. And he's figuring out playmaking and ball handling and passing, his shots coming together. He gave Denver a triple-double. I just think, man, like the the, the the young nucleus of players just like burgeoning up out of nowhere. And Paolo's Italian, you know, American, but Italian. He's, you know, he's whatever. Uh, you know, Cade's obviously American. Victor's from, from Paris. Like, and I was watching uh, some of the all-star highlights that the Nuggets put out. Shout out to Shooter uh, for the Nuggets putting the content together. But, man, like, I was watching uh, Jokic and, and SGA just talk to each other. I'm just like, dude, like, the world team would wash the Americans. Like, I, and I mean, like, the under the under 35, like, world. Like, Ron, you know, yeah. Ron and Curry and Durant and all that stuff. But, like, I legit, they, they would wash the, the world, the Nuggets, like, the uh, the – the U.S. right now, like they're just so talented. Right now, Victor's coming off the bench for the world. Yeah, right now. So, and Jokic is going to be at his apex for. I mean, I think Jokic is probably going to have a Curry. I think he'll he'll fall into the Durant Braun kind of tier, like in terms of like having his apex last until he's like thirty seven, just because like he's going to take care of his body, he's going to work out, he's not going to be the same level of like best in the world maybe at 37 but you'll still be in the conversation for mvp and all that i think people like are just summarily dismissing what Jokic is right now where wimby is luca's gonna be like the world is incredible and here we go rob adam said pewak's gonna spend two years in the g league and then we find out if he could play uh as a matter of fact seems like ryan had a very familiar take did you say that out of the draft ryan Absolutely. Fuck yeah! Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Who did it? Who didn't? Who do? Who cares? <laughs> Who do? Man, it's here's here's the thing about Pewat. Like he was so raw at that point coming out of college, and and just didn't have the full level of development at that point. He's one of those talented. Fo- okay, he's clearly a talented five star high school guy who, bro, bro, what is going on? <laughs> uh, he's, okay, Clear, clearly his talent and, and his development was a lot more accelerated than I thought it was going to be. But, like, that's just a reasonable thing to think. No, why don't, why didn't you listen to me at the time? Was it because I didn't yet step fully into the swiper? This was summer 2022. No. Is it because I wasn't yet one of those ones that you felt like takes you could respect. What what was it, Ryan? You know, honestly, it's it's just because I don't really like you, if I'm being <laughs> honest. <laughs> so I think the thing is, there are just certain players, man, that like, uh, yeah, there are just certain players. I think their IQ is everything. I think Jokic's IQ is everything. I think Peyton's, a, bro, even in like, getting back to the game yesterday, even Peyton's defensive instincts the last couple of games, Ryan, are like, Bro, put, take that down. Don't don't look for help. <laughs> don't look for help. Don't look for help. Address me. I said so. I told you he's gonna be the best. I said draft night. You can go pull the video up. He is potentially be the best defender on the team. 
you're, like, no, you're probably right. To watch like, can't be. I, I hear you. I hear you. Like, look, I, I'm giving, I'm trying to give you props. Like you're trying to like bring up old stuff, man. During his hall of fame ceremony, when I'm there in person, I want you to remember this moment. <laughs> yeah. You're going to be dressed like the, uh, the guys dancing at the funeral. Like I can, I can totally see it. Uh, my God. Um, Okay, let's talk about the point guards. Let's talk about the point guard stuff because I, I think that that's fascinating. I think it's an, an interesting aspect of uh, it's an interesting aspect of Denver's team right now and just sort of the development and where they're going to go now and in the future. Jamal Murray is obviously the point guard of the present and the future. Like that's something that's going to consistently happen. Uh, but Denver just drafted a point guard in Jalen yep. Pickett who has barely played this year. They actually traded for him and she's, he's barely played. He's not really getting off the bench right now. And that's fine. Like, no, is it still a second round pick? Nobody's trying to, <laughs> nobody is trying to like foist Jalen Pickett minutes onto Michael Malone, but he all like, so you sign Reggie Jackson to be your veteran backup point guard. He's done a, a pretty solid job for the most part, although he's been kind of like you mentioned in the, in the first segment, he's been kind of meh over the course of these last couple, couple months, months here. And there's, yeah. there's, there's certain aspects of his playoff profile that might not jive with what Denver needs at the time. And so Denver's been going to this rotation lately when Murray's healthy, where they play Reggie with at the, the last six minutes or so of the first and third quarter. There's a, a little yeah. bit of overlap there with Jamal towards the end of the first quarter and third quarter. But then to start the second and fourth quarter, they've been bringing on Michael Porter and taking out Reggie. Yep. And they'll go with Murray, Christian Brown, Michael love Porter, it. Peyton Watson, Zeke Naji, or, or maybe DeAndre Jordan. It's, Zeke, and, it's been Zeke when it looks best, yeah. Yeah, and I, I actually like it with Zeke a little bit more because it's a little day. bit more – it's more mobile and more defensive yeah. that way. Yeah. Um, but I think that's fascinating. And they're, they're kind of getting away from the two-point guard look as much as they can – uh, during those moments. And I, I know that everybody's praying for that. They've, they've been very happy about that. But I've also, like we've now seen with Murray out, that Colin Gillespie is kind of stepping into that role. And there's just, there's a lot of dynamics there where I'm just kind of not sure how Denver's backup point guard situation is going to shape out in the present or future. Because like Denver, in my opinion, like I think Michael Malone would probably be like, re-sign Colin Gillespie. We will go with him as the backup point guard next year. I, think I don't that's think the backup point guards on the roster for the future. I don't. I don't think they're on the roster. Interesting. Think, so, why do you say that? I really think what they wanted to do was get Andrew Nimhard a couple years ago. I've been consistent on this. I think that was one of the targets. I just don't think they could have. Remember, they got Christian, Peyton, but then they didn't have that the capital to get Nimhard. I think that would have been kind of what they were looking for—a longer, a point guard that can play defense, that's a score. Like, think about this: if they would have drafted Peyton, Nimhard, and Christian in one year. Think about where they would be right now. Nimhard would would be playing absolutely over Reggie Jackson, and I think like the issue is, I I I know that like we're not talking to the front office directly. The Nuggets don't need a Reggie Jackson or respectfully Jalen Pickett prototype per se at the backup point guard. I think Jalen's a really good player, but I know they they need a defensive minded, defensive inclined backup point guard. That's just what they. That's what works with them. They need a yeah. bigger body, at least. Jalen's six foot two. I think that, like, now I will say it doesn't make sense that you have Hunter Tyson, Jalen Pickett, and Collins and Lefty taking up roster spots. Like, I think that Gillespie's, Gillespie's on a two way. Two, just to, yeah, he's, just on a, he's on a two way for sure. But yeah. I think, like, some of this is like you just have players that are like on the team in rotation or on the, on the bench that just don't make a lot of sense for the fact that you know that you need more veterans. Like, you need a little bit more experience. I think Reggie, Reggie's a good player. But even Reggie, like, when he puts the starters, he's fine. But I think this is, like, you just need a little bit more help and assistance next to Jamal Murray. And like I said, the more physical player you get next to Jamal that's willing to get up and defend, I just think they're going to be better. Like, you don't need, like, another ball handler like that, especially in the playoff. Like, you, but if you're telling me you don't think DeLon Wright or Chris Dunn or Dennis Smith Jr. could be a decent ball handler, then I don't really know what they're, you know, what people are watching. Yeah. But they're good enough to be a secondary ball handler. I think that you're right. 
And I think that the general thing that Denver's probably learned over the course of these these last couple of years, where they've had you've had kind of what is a fully formed look at what Denver's vision is around Jokic, Murray, Porter, and, and this starting lineup. I think you're right about that. And I think one of the things that we've seen kind of tying it into what we saw yesterday from Porter is that he can scale up in those situations. You you give him more opportunities as a shooter, as God's doing more things. And, and I think that Denver, like in those situations where let's say Jamal is missing, where Jamal is out, you just put in your defensive-minded backup point guard in that right. and say, okay, now, Mike, you are the two. Or the, right. you're the second option, and uh, Aaron Gordon is the third option, and KCP's the fourth option, and this defensive point guard is the fifth option, or, or somewhere around there. And I think that makes more sense from that regard as well. And you also have a little bit more defensive uh, and playoff viability with a, a defensive well, minded back. But, but point you remember what they were playing? Uh, was that the was that the Memphis game when they won the first time, 104-91 last year? That was Christian KCP AG. What was the lineup? Bruce. That was Chris. It was Bruce. And Bruce. Yeah. The MPJ and uh, Jamal Rao, right? Yep. What's the I, that, that for me is like that's to be the clear tell. Jokic doesn't need a point guard. Yeah. Like not a real one. Bruce is good enough. Bruce is if there's 30 point guards in the league, Bruce is at the bottom 10 as a point guard, bottom five as a point guard. So what? Can you do it? DHO. Can you hit a, a spot-up jumper every so often? Can you create downhill pressure contact at the rim? Can you defend? Can, oh, you, wow. can you enter the ball into the post is really that's what it. it comes down to. Like, I, I think that that's one of the reasons why Joker is so good and why he is so like valuable in this way. It's because right. you don't need a specific kind of point guard to work with him. He's been able to make it work with a variety of different guys, and I think for the Nuggets and for their viability going forward right. – you don't necessarily need somebody like that. Now, I will. What I will say, Jalen Pickett in theory is a good option for the non-Jokic minutes, like where you you kind of center things around him a little bit. He sprays out to shooters, and like Murray could be that guy as well. Where hey, you have Jalen kind of defend some of these these other on-ball players, or, or maybe you just try to mix and match some of those matchups a little bit. Uh, there, there's something to that, but I, I do think that you kind of run into that crunch where. When you, when you say, okay, you want Murray out there, you want CB out there, you want Peyton out there, but, you need a shooter out there. You don't Ryan, necessarily need Jalen Pickett. And I know this is a Malone thing, because I, I knew when Malone put that comment out there about Colin that, like, he's a big East player of the year, he's a champion, he's a tough he's guy. He's hyping like, him up. Malone, yeah. Malone, I don't care about any of that. And you know what? I don't even think you should. You said the same mess about Faku. I don't care about these small players. I don't. I, I don't. Like, again, Ryan, you know, we're almost the same. We're basically the same height. You see my build. I'm a very yeah. athletic person. But at the same time, I'm not built for the league. I'm the same height as Colin, basically. Yeah. I'm not. I'm a great athlete. I'm not built for that. I don't care about all that. So my whole thing is, is why, if if you know, Ryan, you're telling me right now that if you, in a playoff setting, put Peyton Watson, Christian Brown, Aaron Gordon, and Michael Porter Jr. next to Jokic, they wouldn't light the world on fire. Are you kidding me? You're telling me if you didn't put, even take out MPJ, and you're putting Aaron Gordon with uh, Peyton Watson and Christian Brown and Julian Strother, you don't think they're going to, that's what I'm saying. Like, we're not actually having a combo. Can you do an entry pass? Can you want a DHO? Yeah. Peyton can do it. Christian can do it. So that's what I don't understand. Like, I just don't, I don't get, you need size and athleticism with Yoke. Colin, and Reggie, don't offer any of those things. So it just doesn't make like, like you know, when when in, in a Talladega Nights, like, what do I do with my hands? What do I do with these small players? This is Jokic. What am I? What am I <laughs> supposed to do with these under six four players? Now, to be clear, Colin had a great game yesterday. I, I don't want to dismiss it too badly because he he played well. Four four from he, three, eighteen yeah. points, four assists, four rebounds, was... two two created two second second chance opportunities he created off his hustle. Yeah, no, he's he is one of those guys. The the Faku comparison is very apt because Faku did also have these games, especially in that second year with him, where against some of these bad teams, he would like just have a, a monster game. Yeah, remember the Houston game where he got the behind the back on uh was that uh who who's that? That was uh he's not in the league anymore for abuse. Uh what's the name? He was down in Houston. Uh 
from Cleveland. He got way off Cleveland. Uh, Porter, Kevin Porter Jr. Kevin Porter Jr. Yeah, remember he got the behind the back of Porter, then he come out in the second half. Yeah. Everybody's like, oh my god, look at Faku <laughs> with all this stuff. But that's what I'm telling you, and that's that's why I don't even like that game for the Nuggets. Good yeah. Collins, that was a great NBA game. But you know what? Malone now is going to feel even better about you. And we there don't know what's going to happen because. There just weren't any any guys that could really take advantage of his size that could that could right. really go at him that way on Portland right. because they, Portland didn't have any talent like playing yesterday. Right. They had Jeremy Grant, they had Anthony Simons, and they had DeAndre Ayton. And those guys, right. like if Anthony Simons goes at him, it's like okay, who cares? Chris Murray. Um, By yeah. the way, I was I, I completely forgot they were twins, bro. I was like, dang it! Oh, that's right, they're <laughs> twins. I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah. No, it's funny, man. I, I'm. I think in general that, that you're right about this, that Denver, they're going to have to find ways to go away from that again because they probably overcompensated. And it's one of the reasons why I had some criticisms for Calvin uh, and the way that they kind of built the roster. You mentioned, hey, you, you have a couple wasted roster spots here. Hunter Tyson's not really doing anything. Jalen Pickett's not really doing anything. They might do stuff next year. I'm not going to sit here and say that they won't. Uh, they're going to have to prove that they're going to have to show that. And like, it's just not going to help Denver this year. So um, and like also Michael Malone was just not really given Jalen Pickett much of a chance to show that he could help this year. Like it's just, maybe Jalen hasn't earned it behind the scenes. Maybe he hasn't been ready. Maybe he hasn't been good in practice, things like that. But like Collins getting all the opportunities and he's also not going to be eligible for the playoffs anyway, because he's a two way contract. So I don't really know how to feel about it personally. Like, I, I think that Denver. Well, why like, not give Malone a guy that he's inclined to play, which is always a defensive-minded player? That's yeah. what doesn't make sense to me. You know he doesn't play young players that are offensive leaning. You see that Julian's not in the lineup right now. Yeah. He doesn't play those players, except that they're young and mighty, like Faku and Colin. So what I'm saying is, like, why would you not just draft a bigger guard that's yeah. more defensively inclined, and just call it a day and say, "Malone, have fun." Let me look at the let me look at the draft. And now, to be fair, I will say, uh, the connection at gosh, where did where did Pickett play? Was it Penn State? Penn State. Penn State. There, there's a Calvin Booth Penn State connection there yeah. as well. So, just want to want to make that clear. Uh, but at that stage of the draft, I'm looking at the the list of guys, the list of players that were selected. There really wasn't a player that you could say, yeah, this, this guy could really help us as a, in the backcourt at that stage. So now to be fair, why did Denver trade out of the other areas of the draft? I'm not really sure, but I, I, the draft last year wasn't very good. It, it frankly was like the, the last guy that was really drafted that is going to make a big, big difference is Cam Whitmore. And he fell because of, uh, like he only fell to 20 anyway. So right. not really, not really super concerned about it. Um, but yeah, I, I do think that Delon Wright would be helpful. I think that Chris Dunn would be helpful. I think that those guys should be a priority in free agency next year. And when Well, to be to be fair, to be fair, I think a lot of people are talking about uh Andre Jackson Jr. Again, he's not necessarily a guard, but he is a he's a he's a point forward in, yeah. in college. So he, no, I mean, he, would that, been, he would have been fine. I, I certainly wouldn't have crit critiqued it at all. But he's imagine also a, imagine a, a nightmare of Andre Jackson, Peyton, and Christian coming off the bench. You know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. Like, just pour into what you have. They have wings. Yeah. They love wings. Use them. That for me is just what doesn't make any sense. I just don't think that like Bruce Brown wasn't a traditional point guard either. Yeah. No. I believe me. I. Andre Jackson is so far away as a shooter, though. Like that dude is is really struggling to figure it out in in Milwaukee right now. So we'll we'll see we'll see what the, what that actually changes. Oh, yeah, I'm glad Doc Rivers got uh, Gallinari uh, to play over him as soon as he got on the waiver. Like, <laughs> come on! But thank you for beating uh, the Timberwolves yesterday, man. The Timberwolves. Yeah, hey, right, right after my dog Ahmad on Twitter said uh, uh, the Timberwolves are going to the finals. They didn't proceeded to get smoked out by the Bucks. So. Yeah, and the Bucks like they were they were losing at one point and like just like had like a million free throws compared to uh, Minnesota. Didn't Giannis I, have twenty? He had twenty free throws yesterday. Yeah, it, it, twenty plus, and Minnesota I think at thirteen as a team or something like that. Not great. No. Not great. Um, actually, let me let me go check that box score real quick because I'm I'm curious. Yeah, 13, and now Milwaukee had 25 total free throws, and Giannis had 21 of them. So 
It's it's what do you fourteen or twenty one? Yeah. Man, that's tough, bro. Like Giannis did not shoot. Well, I mean, he was nine of thirteen from the field, but you go fourteen of twenty one from the free throw line, dude. Like, but again, they, you foul a lot. If you foul Giannis, that's what's gonna happen, bro. Yeah. And then you Ant made with three straight three pointers. That's what I'm saying. They shouldn't even have been in the game, but Ant went ballistic. And hit it was good straight uh, towards the end. Uh, three pointers. <laughs> yeah, he was. He was really good towards the end, but the uh, but like. The game line for him was ten of twenty-seven. So like, he's uh, everybody's trying to trying to figure some things out, which is. I'm telling you right now, bro. I think I just think I don't think they're I don't think they're frauds at all. But I think they're just like, bro. I just think shot making is everything in the playoff. They got one guy, one, and he's not even a lead shot maker yet. So, I just think the formula is there of what wins, and I just think like defense isn't what went in the playoffs in 2024. It's just not. That's not the thing. What That's you- just not it. What do you think of Pat Bev burning all of his bridges, by the way, like with his with his previous teams? He's loyal. He's loyal to the team he's on, and, and he's loyal to Doc Rivers too. Like he's loyal. Like he just, you know, I don't have an issue with it. I mean, that's him. That's how he's always been. You know, you love him when you got him. You don't when you don't got him. He's uh he's talking about uh Embiid playing against bum teams, by the way. That yeah, was, and I I still stand by Pat Bev. Would have been great in Denver. Think about what he would have been for Denver. Yeah, I mean, he would be like Bruce Brown light. That's a that's a good option. He'd be playing over Reggie. Yeah, I agree. Um, all right, let's let's pivot really oh, really quick. What are you doing? Nobody <laughs> listens to me, Rod. Uh, yeah, <laughs> probably. All we need is a defender. Everybody, I'm looking at Joker, watching Colin and Reggie just get beat by Anthony Simons. I'm just like, and he and he he's obviously aggravated by it. He's like. I do everything. I gotta get. I gotta. I gotta leave the team in block, which he was until Peyton Watson took over today. I gotta leave the team in block. I gotta be second in steals. I think behind KGP, if not lead him in steals. I gotta lead you in points, rebounds, and assists. All I'm asking for you is to play good POA. <laughs> he was very frustrated. There's no doubt about it. Um, okay, let's move on. Let's let's move to the Warriors game here. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Let's move to the Warriors game here. Uh, Denver plays tomorrow at Golden State on ESPN at 5 p.m. Mountain, folks. So we- weird time, but Denver's playing at 5 p.m. Mountain. Uh, that should be very interesting. I'm, I'm curious to see what Denver brings to the table for that one. I'm curious to see what Golden State brings to the table. Uh, Draymond, I, it's, I don't remember the last time that Draymond and Jokic have played together, but Draymond's kind of getting into it with a lot of folks lately, and like he's talking no, a lot of shit. Say it again. Remember, he's not doing that to Joker because he just he just told uh, uh, who was it uh, um, Jamal Crawford when he asked him uh, who were like the toughest players to guard or, or deal with, most unstoppable. And he said Joker was number one on that list. Um, he liked Joker. He always talked highly of Joker. I've only ever seen Draymond do one thing when he almost took his knee down to play off that one time. But I yeah. think ever since then he's been pretty like. Reserve, but also Joker is not like a he's not a reactionary player unless you're the referees. Like, so you know, he's not gonna like fall for that bait. But I'll say it, it's gonna be a dog fight. I, I think yeah. it's gonna be a dog fight. I think the Nuggets could get up by 12 to 15, the, the Warriors could get up by 12 or 15, and they're just gonna come right back down to that five minutes left, and it's just gonna go into the clutch. And I said, I told uh, when I did the uh, last two years on lockdown, I think Steph Curry is averaging. 25, four, and five. Um, and he's shooting like 42% from the field in the yeah. last six games versus the Nuggets. And I think he's one, one and five versus the Nuggets. And that's all KCP, by the way. That's KCP and Bruce and Peyton and them. Like, they just give him a lot. They give him a lot of issues. So, man, if the Nuggets take care of business, man, they don't, they'll sweep. They're three and no already versus the Warriors. They could sweep them this year. So, Last 12 games, basically, since yeah, I know. the Golden State Warriors kind of changed their lineup and they went Draymond at center. They've got Andrew Wiggins at the four. They've got yeah. Jonathan Kuminga at the three. Uh, they're, they're basically 12 and or they're 10 and two in their in their last 12 games. And they, they're looking great. Like they, they are playing a great brand of basketball right now. Yeah. And they're playing Draymond at the five, which is a little bit more of a challenging defensive assignment for Denver. Um than like when they have Looney at the five and Draymond at the four and things like that. Like that's, it's a little bit more cramped spacing at that point, but they're, they're, they've got a lot of athletes. 
Andrew Wiggins still obviously a great athlete, but Kaminga even more so. He's he's a great athlete on the perimeter. Uh, I'm curious to see how Denver matches up with it. That's going to be a lot of fun, and I'm curious to see how they guard Joker because that's going to be like Draymond will be on him for to be clear, but. I wonder what it looks like and whether Denver can find those cuts or whether um, everybody's just going to be sagging into the paint. So. Well, I can tell you this right now. Four quarters, Jamal Murray is hunting that Steph Curry matchup. And they're going to bring Steph into the action, and they're going to bring Draymond up. And so now you've got to make a decision. You're going to play Draymond up, and you're going to switch or head and trap, and then it's Joker and everybody else, or you're playing drop coverage versus Jamal Murray in the fourth quarter with Steph Curry trailing. Then. We saw that in Denver already, and he cooked him uh, in back-to-back threes in that fourth quarter doing that. So I'll be really curious, come money time, how they defend Jamal especially. Going to be fascinating, man. Jamal will be back. I think this last game that he missed was just more maintenance than anything else. Man, it was uh, they're, Jamal's they're... birthday. We know where he was. <laughs> he was uh... we, we know where he was. <laughs> Happy birthday to, to Jamal Murray, by the way. Uh, 27 years old. He and I are basically the same age. And, uh, yeah, no, he's – Underappreciated, I think, is probably the the right way to describe him, especially nationally. Um, but yeah, it's going to be fun. I that's a that's a fun matchup. Obviously, lots of lots of interesting storylines there. Then Denver's got a couple days off. They'll come back and play a back to back at home versus the Sacramento Kings on Wednesday and the Miami Heat on Thursday. A rematch of the NBA Finals, which first time Denver's faced Miami since then. Good lord. Um, but it should be very interesting. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how Denver approaches that. You almost 50. How's that? Bro, <laughs> why is this? Why am I getting roasted on this show? Why is Cedric the only one to be roasting me on this show? Good Lord. Who look, who look, hey, hold on. Who looks older, Ryan or Swiper? Which one of us looks older? Go ahead and answer that question. Oh, now, God. this is a little black. Obviously, black don't crack, so this is a little bit different. I don't want to hear which, this one, man. Which one of us looks it. older? I don't want to hear the answer to this one, man. This is which uh, one of us looks older, right? <laughs> Great. <laughs> Cedric is hilarious. Self-conscious enough as it is, folks. Thank you so much. Thank you, Ryan. Yeah. To be fair, I groom. I groom every day. I groom every day. Beard Ryan. That's true. Beard Ryan. Swipe with no beard, Ryan. I think that you know what I. I do. I, I got to grow it back. I, I shaved it for the break. I just wanted to uh, go clean shaven into the break and then and, and go go travel like that. But yeah, I think I'll, I'm going to, we're going to do the playoff beard again. That's going to, that's going to happen. That'll be fun. Um, okay, real quick. So Sunday at the Warriors, Wednesday versus Sacramento, Thursday back to back versus Miami, and then Saturday at LA Lakers. What's Denver's? Um, what's their record during those four games? They play uh, Warriors and Miami in a back-to-back? They play at Warriors, then Sacramento, and then back-to-back versus Miami, between Sacramento and Miami. At home, though? Yeah, both of them at home. Oh, they're 3-0. Okay, 3-0 going into that, and then uh, then going to the Lakers game on that Saturday. That would be fun. That would be good. And they have four straight home games after six, five, five straight home games after that. Yeah, that's going to be – like Denver's in a pretty good spot, man. Like they are – you just got to get through some of these uh, – like these are tough matchups. They're not easy, uh, especially with the way that the Warriors and the Kings are kind of playing right now. And then Miami, they're kind of percolating a little bit. Like that that team is is. Oh, are you surprised? Wait, I'm sorry. It's almost March. And so dare I say Jimmy Butler and the Miami Heat are percolating? Oh, I, well, hold on. Let me, let me check my schedule. Hold on. Hold on. Let me check my – let me check my schedule real quick, y'all. Is it? <laughs> or is the uh, oh, I, I see. Is <laughs> that the Jimmy of Butler year? meme of, of him like turning into like the second coming of Michael Jordan? Uh, like that's that's just like the timing oh, of the schedule and how that goes. The Celtics, my boy Shane Young, the Celtics in the 2008 Celtics and 2024 Celtics, same record, same team. It's their year. Like, all right, Dude, here. I know here Shane. Again. I've met Shane. Like he is wrong about this. Uh, they they he is wrong about their shot profile. Like he he keeps saying that they should shoot as many threes as possible. I'm like, man, well, we've know. seen this story ten thousand times. It yeah. doesn't win championships. Yeah. All right. I don't know, bro, but but again, they're also the same people that thought that the the Suns were going to win because they shoot a lot of jumpers. I'm just like, I'm telling you, 
You get to the second round and beyond. You don't win that way. You're not going to win with jump shots. You're just not going to do it. You're not going to do it. You have to create open shots. And, like, you got to create good shots. And they're in rhythm. And and you got to find the spots on on the floor where you are at your best and and where you're most comfortable. And, And you're most likely to hit as many shots as possible. With the threes, like if you just abuse the numbers, if you just abuse the the actual like math game of it, then you're gonna lose the soul of what you're supposed to do within within the flow of a basketball game. So yeah, I think that's that interesting. Right, big boy, threes don't win rings. <laughs> threes, threes don't, don't win. Big, win rings. big boy does not seem to want to be there. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, I, I'm. You know what? Fuck it. I'm gonna go four and zero. Let's let's do it. Let's let's go four and zero. Usually, I'm the one that's like a little bit more uh, cons- conservative on this list on this podcast. Uh, I am definitely going to go four and zero, though. I think that this is if if Denver's gonna prove it, like they're they're gonna prove that they're at this level. This is the right time to do it. Look, I think that everybody got caught up in that. Uh, <laughs> I think everybody's he's right. Ryan is more conservative than I am. That's Stop very true, everyone. It. I think we all agree with that. Oh my god. I think that uh hey, I, Obama. <laughs> I think that I think we should be in a situation where everybody got caught in this three-game losing span. And I don't think the Nuggets are going for the one seed. They're already clear about this. But I think a lot of this is it's just like, look, the Nuggets are just like when they're playing. Their brand of basketball, they're just good, but they're not like they're not executing like a lot of effort. It's just this is just how we play. And I remember uh Swiper is dead shot from Suicide Squad. That's a fact. That's a good one. Uh I like that. Will Smith, uh pre-slap Will Smith. Keep my territory. wife's name. <laughs> fucking mouth. <laughs> I think I think a lot of this, right? Because I think uh Matt Moore and Adam talked about this a little bit, but the Nuggets don't blow a lot of teams out, but they don't really try to. They're just playing their brand of basketball, man. I just think, dude, like, they just feel good. If they feel good and they're healthy, then, you know, I think they feel like they're locked in. Going to be interesting, man. This is a this is a good time for Denver. They're clearly in a good spot after this, this All-Star break. They look better. Uh, Michael Porter looks very athletic and, and just springy in general. He's been grabbing a lot of offensive rebounds, too, which is really nice. Got a great uh, hand. I, I, Aaron Gordon's not grabbing as many rebounds, but he's like he's somebody has to not grab rebounds when when Michael Porter has twelve and Jokic has like a million. So I'm not really that worried about it. But Denver's going to be in a good spot. They they have some interesting tough matchups upcoming. But if they go four and zero during that stretch, then there's there's a lot of positives to come from it. They're they're going to prove a lot of people in a good positive way. Any final thoughts before we get out of here? No, nah, man. Uh... It should be a really fun game versus the Warriors. I think everybody should be excited to watch it. Going to be good. Everybody, that is going to do it, I think, for this episode of Weekends with Swipa. Shout out to my boy uh, for, for hopping on. I know you, you, you've you been very, very busy over the course of these last uh, these last few days. Got a lot of shows coming. Now, you've been doing uh, you've been doing some some collaborations with uh, Bleacher and Players Choice, right? Yep. Yep. I got a little little announcement coming out next week, too. So, you know, mm. it's going to be a lot of fun. Interesting. Should be should be fun. Everybody uh, tap in for Swipa to uh, to see what that is next week. Uh, we've got some fun things coming up. And by the way, uh, if you missed it earlier in the show, we've got a nice little watch party that's coming. Uh, the 38, uh, number 38, the bar downtown should be very, very fun. Uh, really good vibes. And, and we you might be uh, you might be seeing us in person if you are interested in doing that so it should be a lot of fun everybody he is swiper i'm ryan we are out uh make sure to hit that like button down below thanks everyone <laughs>